0: Please turn with me in your Bibles. You know where Matthew chapter six. You even know where we're going to begin and where we're going to end. We're going to begin in verse nine and end in verse 15. As we read the Lord's Prayer today, we are looking at the fifth petition, the the second petition that that focuses on our our vertical relationships, although this one focuses uh, excuse me, our horizontal relationships, although this one focuses on the combination of the vertical and the horizontal as we focus on our debts before God and those who have debts toward us, not financial debts, but spiritual debts. We'll also cover this week, verses 14 and 15, this clarification. Commentators say that the reason Jesus offered the clarification in 14 and 15 was because the other petitions in this prayer would have been familiar to the Jews to whom he was speaking. However, this one was different, was something new. And so he added the clarification in verse 14 and 15. So our focus today will be verse 12, 14 and 15. Hear the word of the Lord. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Let us pray. Our God and father above, as we. Approach your word today as we look at these this petition in your prayer, we ask that you show us your glory, show us where we fail you and show us how to change our lives. We pray this in Jesus name. Amen. In the first chapter of the Westminster Confession of Faith, paragraph six, we are told that everything that we need to know for salvation, specifically for the Christian life in general, is found in the scriptures in one of two ways. The first way is that these things are clearly set out for us in scripture. What is our state before God? Well, all have sinned and fall short of God's glory, according to Romans 323. What does that mean for us? Well, the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What is our only hope? Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that God has raised him from the dead and you shall be saved. Those are clear and explicitly set out things that teach us what we need for salvation. On the other hand, though, there are things that we have to work out according to the confession through reasonable study and deduction to find the answers that we need. Today in Sunday school, we talked about baptism, specifically Jesus baptism in Matthew chapter three. But we talked about our baptism as well. And unfortunately, there is no clear direction in scriptures that said thou shalt baptize this way or at this age or at this place in your life. So we have to take the whole counsel of scripture Going back to Old Testament signs, working its way through Christ's fulfillment of those signs in the New Testament. And through good, clear, reasonable study and deduction, we can come out with a doctrine of baptism. Today's today's petition is a combination of both of those things. On the one hand, forgive us our debts is pretty clear. On the one hand, we forgive our debtors is pretty clear. It's that word in the middle, that little two letter word as we forgive our debtors. That may take some reasonable study and deduction for us to see what that means. So I hope today that we will grow in our knowledge of the salvation that we have and in our love for God as we consider forgive us as we forgive First, forgive us. This petition teaches us three things about our relationship with God and forgiveness. The first thing it teaches us is that we are sinners in desperate need of forgiveness. We owe God a debt. And that debt manifests itself in one of two ways. We either owe Him complete and total obedience or... If we are not going to give him that debt, we owe him a debt of eternal punishment and damnation. We are in a position before God where we owe him a debt of eternal restitution for what it is that we have failed to pay him in our obedience. Now, forgiveness can work out in our lives in one of two ways. Firstly, if you have never approached God's throne, realizing that you are a sinner in the sight of God and deserving of his of his eternal displeasure. Then you need to come to God for the first time and say, forgive me. I repent. I return of my I, re, I, I turn from my sinful ways and I turn toward living a life. That seeks your glory and your honor. We must each and every one of us come to God in that first time saying, forgive me. I have no hope except through Jesus paying the punishment for my sins, paying the debt that I owe. Forgive me. But we also must come after that time confessing and seeking forgiveness as well for the sins that we commit after that. God has in that moment where we approach his throne in the power of the Holy Spirit and say, forgive me, God puts a new heart in us, a heart that is tuned to him, a heart that is tuned to his law, a heart that wants to glorify him. And yet we still have that outer shell of the old man, the sinful influences that. We decide to follow instead of that new heart. And like Peter in John 13, where Jesus on that last night, the night that he was betrayed before he did the supper, John tells us of this foot washing where he where Jesus takes the form of a servant to wash his disciples feet. And Jesus said and Peter says, don't wash me. It should be the other way around. And, and, and Jesus says, I'm here to serve you. And Peter says, great, not just my feet, but my whole body. And Jesus says, if you've been bathed once, you don't need to bathe again. You just need your feet cleaned." Brothers and sisters, we must come before God confessing our sins, seeking forgiveness for those things that we don't need to be cleansed all over again. We just need the filth of our sin washed from our feet so that we might be there and right before God. First, we learn that we are sinners in need of forgiveness. Secondly, we learn from this that we have a hope of forgiveness. Jesus, at another point of his ministry, says, how many of you, if his children came to you asking for bread, would hand him a snake instead? We have a hope of knowing that our sins will be forgiven if we go to God and ask forgiveness from him. God is not going to turn us away. And that is the third thing we learn from this petition is that God is willing to forgive our debts. First Timothy, chapter two, verse four, we hear these words. Beginning in verse three, actually, this is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of truth. That was first Peter two or first Timothy two, four in second Peter three, nine. We hear these words. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. In Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23, we hear these words Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? declares the sovereign Lord. Rather am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live. So, as we consider the first part of this petition, forgive us our debts, we are taught that we are sinners in need of forgiveness. That we have this hope of forgiveness. And thirdly, that God is willing to forgive us our debts. And that turns us to the second portion of this petition, which is as we also have forgiven our debtors, which is expanded in verse 14 and 15. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Now, there's a difficult and an easy part of this, the second half of this petition. And I'll begin with the easy part. And hopefully that'll help us clarify the difficult part as well. The easy part of this is that forgiven people are people who forgive. Throughout the scriptures, throughout the New Testament, there are certain evidences of our faith that we are given Ephesians chapter two, verses eight through ten, make it very clear that while we are not saved by works, the saving faith that we are given produces works within us, works of repentance. If we are people who are saved, we should be marked by repentance. The works of faith. Not only are we given faith, but we are called to build our faith as God reveals himself, reveals his faithfulness in our lives. And forgiveness is one of those things that those who are forgiven by God should evidence in their life as well as a work. The Beatitudes, specifically Matthew 5, 7 says, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. People who are forgiven much should be people who forgive. The scripture reading from earlier in our service, as we looked at the parable of the unforgiving servant, It opens up with a question from Peter. Jesus has just wrapped up his talk on reconciliation of seeking forgiveness in conflict. And Peter says, "Okay, Jesus, the religious leaders of the day teach me that I should forgive somebody seven times. But after that, I'm absolved from forgiving them. So should I forgive somebody who have? Who has an offense against me? Should I forgive them seven times? And Jesus says, depending upon your translation, how it's translated, either you should forgive them 77 times or you should forgive them 70 times, seven times. So somewhere between 77 times and 490 times, you should forgive somebody, right? No. The point there is you should forgive somebody Every time they come and ask you why he tells this parable of this servant who owned, who owes his master an unpayable debt in today's terms, we would consider the sum that he owes his master to be in trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars. Our national debt is just clocking at lightning speed up through the trillions of dollars every day. In fact, there's a a website where you can go and look at debt clock, the U.S. debt clock, and you can sit there by the minute, just watch it tick up by the thousands and hundreds and thousands and millions and billions and, yes, trillions of dollars. In all reality, there is not enough money in the world for us to ever pay back one trillion, much less In the 20 trillions worth of debt. And that's the type of debt that this servant owed his master. And he went to his master and he begged for forgiveness. He said, give me time. Be patient with me. I will pay back this unpayable debt. He was lying in effect. And the master had pity on him and said, fine, I forgive your debt. And and the servant walks out having been forgiven and he runs runs into a friend who owes him 10 bucks. OK, 100, let's say 100. But compared to trillions, 100 is nothing. And what Jesus is saying here in this parable, and remember the. The the forgiven man goes to the man who owes him a hundred dollars and he throws him in prison until it's paid back. And then the master finds out and says, I'm going to throw you and your family in prison until you pay back what you owe me because you are unwilling to be forgiven, forgiving. What Jesus is saying here is forgiven people are people who should forgive people who are forgiven much. Remember, we owe God our eternal soul. We owe God our eternity for our disobedience. And yet we exact eternity from people who owe us a hundred bucks. People, forgiven people are people who forgive. And that points us. To the difficulty in the word as because we have a tendency in our world, in our culture today to not read the word, the conjunction as. But to read the conjunction because we read this in our world today and we say, forgive us our debts because we also have forgiven our debtors. And we twist this petition to be works based Righteousness, we twist this petition to say, God is only forgiving me because I forgive others, which is contrary to the teaching of the rest of Scripture. Ephesians 2, 8, and nine, which I referenced earlier for by forgiveness. Are you saved? No, for by grace, are you saved through faith? It is not of ourselves, it is not of works, lest any man should boast. If I interpret this contrary to the rest of Scripture, but if I interpret this to say, forgive me as, because I have forgiven others, well, then I have a reason to boast, do I not? Because I have earned the trillions of dollars to pay off my debt. It's not been gifted to me, I have earned it. And so this teaches us here that forgiveness in our hearts is a sign of our own salvation. If we are unwilling to forgive others when they wrong you, and that looks different in every situation. I'm I'm, I'm painting with a broad brush here that would need to be applied to specifics. But if we are unwilling to forgive others when they wrong us. Have we understood the forgiveness that we have been given? Have we understood the debt that has been paid off for us? The trillions of dollars that God has forgiven us. When we're unwilling to forgive a hundred dollars. The other thing we have to consider in this is that we are praying to our father in heaven. The context of this very prayer reminds us. That we have been adopted by Christ, and our salvation is not dependent upon our willingness to forgive. If you can honestly pray the first line of the prayer, Our Father in heaven, through the power of Christ, through the work of Christ, you have everything you need to forgive your debtors. Do we understand the forgiveness that we have been given? Do we understand the depth of the depravity, the depth of the sin, the depth of the debt that we owe to God? And yet has been forgiven in the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. One of the ways you can know is if you have a forgiving spirit. Do you? Let us pray. Our God and Father above, we thank you. For this petition that reminds us of the grace of God of the gospel that has been given to us and calls us to live a life of mercy toward others. Help us to forgive others even when it's difficult. Help us to walk the path of forgiveness and reconciliation, not on our own strength, but in the knowledge that we have been forgiven so, so much more. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.